0: Hey, all you cool cats and commies, I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood, your working class podcast. All right, all right, all right. We are back for a new episode, and this is a very special episode. It's something I've been looking forward to for a long time because I finally have my girlfriend, Erin, on here. I've been trying to get you on here for months, so I'm finally excited to have you on here because the whole point when I first started this podcast was that I wanted to have multiple voices, multiple perspectives other than just my own. I mean, I know I'm right 100% of the time, but you know, every once in a while I like to hear other voices and other perspectives because that's what's important. The whole reason really why we made this podcast was to be able to build bridges, to be able to bridge these gaps between different people that the only reason to, they'll see that we have all these issues is that we have the we fail in being able to communicate. And there's a lack of communication, a lack of empathy towards other people and their struggles and their experiences as a whole. So today we're going to be talking about microaggressions and how really there's nothing small about them. So to give a little context, I'm going to start off by reading this intro to an essay that Aaron wrote. And so, yeah, um, I feel alone in my fight on my small unit, but I know I'm not alone on a larger scale. There's someone just one floor above me going through the same thing someone just across town struggling with microaggressions from their co-workers we are everywhere i guess that's what helps keep me going i can't do it alone and there are hundreds of other black women and women of color doing their best to overcome stereotypes while refusing to lose what makes them unique i am not alone and so with that. I am happy to have my wonderful girlfriend Erin on.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. Who wrote that?
0: <laughs> it's, I know it sounds like whoever needs to ro- whoever wrote that needs to get paid or some kind of royalties. Right, I swear,
1: right? right, I'll bill you later. <laughs> no, sure. I know.
0: It's like you wrote that a while back, though. So that's yeah, what's crazy. I, I
1: forget. I forget that I even wrote it. So when you when you brought that up, I was like, wait, what? When did oh yeah right. That's
0: was, right was that Tanahishi coats no that was big. that was that was erin that was great no I, that is awesome and you know a lot of people you know probably hear the term microaggressions because it sounds like it's one of those buzzwords that yeah. people hear it
1: either hear it and you agree with it and you're like oh yeah or you hear it and you're like that's the devil and it doesn't exist and it's a bad thing it's you know? socialist left-wing propaganda you said it not me <laughs> <laughs>
0: And they, you know, they hear it, but they have no idea what it actually means or right. like the origin of it. So based off a of dictionary.com, a simple definition is indirect or subtle discrimination against members of a marginalized group. Yep. And yeah, yeah, there's an episode yep. right there. No, um, <laughs> so but you know, like I said, people hear that, but they may not understand it until they hear the personal experiences dealing with it, until they can put a face to these actions. It's all just theoretical to them until they can hear somebody that they may know explain how that has impacted their life yeah and so that's what i'm excited for us talking about today
1: yeah so um and i'm really excited to talk about this and and shed some light on it and give and give my perspective on this and um with that being said i do need to give a disclaimer a disclaimer you know um so i'm calling it the karen disclaimer uh this is my experience as a Black woman in dealing with microaggressions. Um, This is not the experience of all Black women dealing with microaggressions because we are not a monolith. We are not, yeah, yeah, we are individuals. We have individual personalities and experiences and perceptions of these things. And, um, And so next time you're going on a rampage through Target, do not cite this as, you know, evidence behind your re- your rampage, you know, like, like, just because you listen to a podcast with a black woman on it does not mean you are friends with a black woman. So
0: that's your incentive to go talk to get to know yeah. other women of color and not yeah. just use their experience for your own game.
1: Exactly. Crazy
0: concept, right?
1: Insane. You cannot
0: colonize it. But anyway, <laughs> so with all that being said, you know, something that I could not get past was just how well-spoken and articulate you came across as
1: oh my gosh (laughs) thank you so much um
0: speaking speaking of our first topic right here
1: you know so my first time ever hearing that was in like elementary school um growing up um you know hearing like oh you're so articulate or oh you're you're so well-spoken and 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 i took it as a compliment you know, I would say, thank you. You know, I had good manners. I would, I would think as a child and, you know, I would just say thank you. And, and I did, um, you know, the, the uh, announcements at church Mm -hmm. and I had, yeah. (laughs) And if there was ever a, a play, you know, I was always the narrator. So, so I was used to speaking in front of people and even, you know, into high school, I was in an oratorical competition. So, So, yes, sure. You think that I speak very well. Thank you. Right. It should just be like that. Right. So then once I went into college and I'm around, you know, more people who are, you know, we're all seemingly educated or on our way to, to getting our educations. And um, people would still say, Oh, you're, you're so well-spoken or, you know, and I started to think, as opposed to what, what, what do you expect are you expecting something else? Is that why you are now commenting as if it's so kind of shocking? Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, but I, I still didn't really connect it completely. And so now that, that microaggressions have, you know, come out as more of knowing what that is and the uncomfortable feeling that I felt it now gives it a, gives it a, a, A word. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that uncomfortable feeling that I felt was because it was a microaggression.
0: It's like the blinders have been lifted almost. You're you're able to unpack it more.
1: Right.
0: It's like, for me, it's like one of those, you know, whenever you have that awkward moment or like, you know, I start to think back on it. I was like, oh crap. I really, really stepped in it that time. Mm -hmm. And it all goes back to, you, you mentioned how there was many different experiences where it, it happened. And in that moment, you felt like you didn't know what to say because, mm-hmm. A, you don't, you shouldn't have to right. feel like you should know all the answers. And, you know, it's almost like it was so subliminal in our society. It's just been ingrained in society. And you mentioned something happened in high school like that, where you you felt like automatically they said something and you didn't know what to say in that
1: moment. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, sometimes I still don't. And But as far as the well-spoken comment, um, I have now reclaimed that one. It's now an actual, you know, an actual compliment to me again. Because being around people from different, different areas, different walks of life, I've now realized a lot of people don't speak very clearly. Okay, and growing up, you know, my mother, you know, I called her a grammar Nazi, my grandmother was an educator. So I was expected to speak very clearly, and all that kind of stuff. So being around people now, I've realized, oh, I really do speak fairly well. Like, I'm, I'm not, you know, on the news every night. But I, I've now realized that someone told me just a few weeks ago, Erin, you're real good at saying words
0: you're good at the bar is set so low it's like you're good at speaking yeah and I mean I know we're in the south but come on but you know. all I
1: did was pronounce acai bowl
0: <laughs> acai. Um,
1: and I can say quinoa oh
0: ooh, it's not canoa
1: no what can you believe it So so now I'm like, okay. so people are going out into their everyday lives and they don't hear anyone like me, not because, oh, I'm black and they don't expect me to sound this way. And and this and I can't speak for everyone and their um, their intentions behind what they say. But I would like to think that it's because they don't hear very many people who sound like me. Mm -hmm. I get it all the time. People say, oh, are you from here? Yes, I'm from 45 minutes down this road. Like, yes, I am from here, from this, this southern state that we live in. Right. Yes. And and anyone else outside of Alabama can obviously tell that I have a very southern accent. <laughs> it's just that within the state, sometimes people are so confused about where I'm from. So.
0: It's like they're questioning you and, mm-hmm. you know, who you are and where you're from simply because of the way you speak. Yeah. And it's like, it's a shortcoming on themselves. That they can't even just acknowledge almost
1: yeah. and 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 that's okay, but, but i've I've reclaimed that one. I, I it did evolve from you know, taking it as a compliment to, you know, realizing that it was a microaggression and the uncomfortable uncomfortability that came with that. um and then now reclaiming it as a compliment again, because i I do. I would like to think that I do speak fairly well. And I'll take it
0: as you should as you should as i should so speaking of reclaiming though you mentioned Mm -hmm. how you want to reclaim that what about um you want to reclaim that you're pretty for a black girl
1: no y'all can keep that shit.
0: (laughs) okay okay please do tell do tell um so (laughs) first off like what the hell kind of comment is that
1: look but i've heard it i have heard it personally i was in high school in choir school backstage You know i had on my choir dress and you know a little bit of makeup that my mom let me wear my hair was done okay you know yeah like getting ready to go out and perform right Right. so i'm standing across the way from a girl and she looks at me and she says erin you are so pretty for a black girl
0: are you serious
1: yeah so in the moment i just said thank you i felt very uncomfortable and i just you know, said thank you and was willing to move on. I didn't, I didn't know how to create, you know, correct that behavior, what to do, you know, thank you, moving on. But a boy next to her turned to her and said, you're not supposed to say it like that. You're not supposed to say that. And another okay. girl, you know, a few other people joined in a, another girl, another boy, you know, or so, and said, yeah, you're supposed to just say she's pretty. Like you're not supposed to say it cause she's black. Like you're just supposed to say pretty. And this girl began crying. Good. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I just stood there and watched it happen. I stood back and watched as, and this wasn't, you know, one of those things where these were my best friends and, you know, they didn't like this girl. We were all friends in the choir, but they saw this behavior mm-hmm. and they knew that they needed to correct it. And when the girl did begin to cry about it, they did not come to her rescue. They just said, Well, you know what? Just remember, you're not supposed to say it like that.
0: So it wasn't twisted around to make you look like the bad guy?
1: Right. Whoa. Because it could have easily gone into like, well, Aaron didn't say that it that it made her uncomfortable or, you know, she just said, Mm -hmm. thank you. So why are you all coming at me when when, you know, Aaron, are you uncomfortable? Where clearly I was but it wasn't then turned on me to now justify her behavior you know yeah and 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 that was just such a microcosm of what things need to look like on a larger level thank you that is awesome a
0: microcosm of what should be happening on a larger mm-hmm. scale and you know it made me think and something i wanted to i really noticed from what you were talking about was it seemed like everybody was wanting to say something but it took that one person it took that one person to kind of break a wall mm-hmm. almost and then once that one person spoke up cuz they all knew it was wrong mm-hmm. but they were it seemed like everybody was willing to just kind of sweep it under the rug or just kind of be like okay that's awkward they didn't really mean it that way mm-hmm. but it took that one person to say something and then it's like everybody cascaded down because they knew that's what the right thing to do was mm-hmm. And thinking back, just from a history perspective, it's almost like I like history or something. I don't know, just a little, just a little bit. Um, thinking back to like major moments in our nation's history, that could have been those watershed moments, like with the Civil War and Reconstruction. That could have been one of those transformational times, if people, because people knew that it was right what to do, but it took a few people in power that wanted to maintain that hold on power that allowed things to just be swept under the rug. So these inequities that took place after the civil war and you know the lasting effects of slavery they were allowed to just be swept under the rug and our history that's why we have these massive gaps of inequality in our society today because things were just swept under the rug because nobody stood up or because the people that did stand up didn't have other people stand up with them in solidarity and that's why we have a lot of the issues we have today and so, I love how you said it's a microcosm of what should happen mm-hmm. in our society. because yeah. just think about how different our society would be today mm-hmm. if people did exactly what those random people from your high mm-hmm. school did and in tu- in, you know in a small town, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. so I didn't ask for it. Mm-hmm. I said, I said thank you, and I was willing to go on about my day. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. I didn't, you know, I didn't get upset or anything. I just said, thank you. And then other people realized that that was something that needed to be corrected. And, you know, I would, I would hope that um, that changed that girl's, you know, outlook on Mm -hmm. how she dealt with people. And hopefully she's somewhere still being conscious of what she says and how she says things. And um, to those people who spoke up, you know, if you were in choir school between 2006 and 2010, because that was the years that was in, in high school because I don't remember exactly what year it was sorry but um you know thank you for that because you really showed what needs to happen it was an act of solidarity and knowing mm-hmm. what was right and what to do in that moment
0: and it's just like you couldn't have summed it up better yeah. these small little acts you know, and I bet you sang the best you ever sang that night, probably. After seeing them come to your <laughs> Of course. <laughs> of, of course. Mean <laughs> you know, a better than you ever because you know you're already amazing at singing, of course. Of but. course. <laughs> but speaking of amazing and the amazing at how stupid some of these comments can be. Let's talk about this. Can I touch your hair? No. <laughs> no. Okay. But I asked per- for permission
1: that does not mean that you have the right to touch me. Ooh, say it again. <laughs> say it
0: again for those in the back,
1: Just please. because you ask, it does not then, it does not re- require the person to say yes. You know, I've had people reach out and touch me without my permission, without asking at all. And, um, and I used to say, no, you need to ask. And then they'd say, oh, well, can I? And a few times I say, yes, you know, the, I don't feel like dealing with this today or, other times they say oh well can i no no just no no, because i don't feel like being touched today <laughs> like
0: that's, that's not what i want you to do <laughs> right and it's crazy how in our society we've just been it's almost ingrained or just you know taught to just go with it and to just right. just be docile about because it, it can almost be
1: awkward when you say and it is sometimes awkward when i say no and i and i feel like that's you know, we haven't really talked about this before, me and you, but I feel like it's such an attempt to avoid awkward conversations Mm -hmm. and awkward interactions where, you know, you want to touch me, you want to invade my personal space. I say no, and now you're having to show restraint.
0: We are taught not to make the person that's the aggressor yeah. feel uncomfortable yeah. at your expense, right. at your expense, screw right. screw if you feel uncomfortable or not, right. but we don't need to make that person, insert that white person's uh, sense, feel yeah. uncomfortable. And that's, I think it's a great topic to, t- to talk about because it's so ingrained
1: It is, and
0: it goes far beyond just hair. It's every, yeah. you know, many How different encounters
1: perceived the cause of their hair. Um, at at one of my first jobs. My supervisor at that time, um, a little bit of backstory, I had some box braids in a few weeks before. What are box braids? Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Do not ask in the comment section, okay? So I had some box braids and I got them taken out. I came back into work with my hair straightened and my supervisor at that time said, oh, I'm so glad you got those braids taken out of your head because you look like such a bad girl with those. <laughs> what? Yeah. You
0: A bad girl because bad of your braids. A bad girl
1: because of braids. <laughs> Can you believe it? Just very inappropriate. And at the time, you know, we should have taken a trip to HR, have some racial sensitivity training, if that even existed back then. You know, <laughs> like, who knows? But, um, but yeah, there definitely should have been some correction there because there was nothing bad nothing about first off i was a woman at the time i was out of college it was one of, it was one of my first jobs in my career and i was i am a woman firstly secondly there's nothing bad about me because of my hair exactly and at that time i was very young very new to this company and again it's like taking a shot to the gut you don't know what to say in these moments and you're very caught off guard when you're going about your day And then someone puts this, you know, racist and, you know, microaggression upon you. And is it your responsibility to correct it? Do you want to then take the energy to attempt to correct it? Or do you do like what I did in that moment? um, And and that was fine because I was young at the time where I just say, okay, and I move on
0: and it's like once again going back to it, it's like it's been ingrained in us that we should just in instead of having that awkward encounter mm-hmm. you should just have to take it so right. she was able to go along feeling justified mm-hmm. in what she said at your expense yeah and why should you have to know how to respond to that that's a a dipshit comment yeah. you know it
1: shouldn't be happening in the first place exactly. I'm definitely not in the workplace exactly and i don't work there anymore so thankfully yes
0: <laughs> and it's like i wish that there was some kind of you know, professional development training where you go in and it's like, is my comment a dumbass comment? You know, how you have those scenarios that you're given. And it's like, if I walk up to this person, should I hatch, if I make this comment, would it make them feel uncomfortable? Or should I, I don't know, crazy, just say good morning to them
1: Yeah.
0: or crazy. Just walk by and smile.
1: Or compliment my straight hair. You know, like if, if that was what you really wanted to say, compliment that. I still know what that means when people do compliment my straight hair and not my curly hair. I still pick up on that. But what does that mean? It means that you'd you'd rather my hair be straight. And Mm -hmm. that's what you prefer. And that does line up more with the Eurocentric standard of beauty. And that's understandable and whatever. But I have also experienced where people will compliment if my hair is straightened, but will not say anything if my hair is curly. So, but it's, it's, it's that um, saying of if your hair is nappy, they're not happy. Mm. Yeah.
0: And I mean, it's dipshitted comments yeah. rooted in a Eurocentric racist view mm-hmm. that has led us to have to have laws in California, like uh, the Crown the, Act. The Crown mm-hmm. Act, yes. To where women of color are allowed to embrace and enjoy their natural hair yeah. without fear of retribution.
1: Women and men. Yeah. yeah um so so that's just you know that's an attempt but you you hate that it's even needed in the first place mm-hmm. you know and uh or even at that same workplace um a different supervisor and it was something about the the management in this place, I guess, because this was a different supervisor. This was a
0: wonderful place. It seems like <laughs> yeah. you worked at.
1: A different supervisor came up to me one day, and she said, "Oh, your hair is cute. That I like that thing on your head. Oh, God. That that thing, Caleb. That thing was a headband.
0: A headband.
1: A standard cotton headband on the hair aisle in Target, next to the Garnier Fructis. <laughs>
0: exactly where it's at. It's like." like it's- it's just there.
1: It's there and available for everyone and anyone. And I've seen plenty of women in all colors wearing headbands. But because it was on my black hair and my black skin, she didn't know what to call it.
0: It it's was like, That was her kryptonite. She just became a dumbass and didn't know how to speak yeah. by seeing it on you.
1: Yeah, it was just very, very interesting how it just because it's on me doesn't mean that it's something totally different than what you know about. You know what I mean? Or if you see something on me, don't then ask if it's the blackest word that you can think of. So so a different time. This has been more recent. I wore a head wrap to work and someone um, decided to ask me, so is that a do-rag? Oh, gosh. And if you you don't know what a do-rag is, Google's your best friend. And um, and my turban or head wrap was nothing like a do-rag. No. And I have Pinterest and intre- um, Instagram, Pinterest and Instagram. Um, and I've seen plenty of, you know, white babies, black babies, all sorts of colored babies wearing turbans on their heads. Mm-hmm. But because it was on my head, let's choose the blackest word that I can think of and say, oh, yeah, is that a do-rag?
0: And it's like, are they trying so hard to fit in that they appropriate the language, or was it coming from, like, a racist, you know? And that's what's crazy. It's like, you don't I even... I think that
1: was more ignorance, but mm-hmm. it's still but it's still rooted mm-hmm. in the ignorance of, you know, having these Eurocentric beauty standards, mm-hmm. having, having what you look and what you experience being the standard and you get to be confused and unaware about anything outside of that that and i don't and i don't think that this person is a terrible person or anything like that but it's again one of those uncomfortable situations where i can't just show up to work with looking however although still professional still very Mm -hmm. well put together i can't just show up to work without being interviewed about so what do we have going on here today right you know yeah and that's, and that's where it could all be so simple, where if there's a compliment that you'd like to give someone, compliment them, then period, let them say thank you. And then you go on. Crazy. No follow-up questions needed.
0: See, that PD would be amazing because it would, you know, take people out of their blissful ignorance that they get to live in and not give a crap of what the effects of what they say are. Right. And I know it sounds so childish, but words have so much power. And, and, you know, the, the actions that reverberate from those words have so much power.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, it's a crazy concept that's so simple of empathizing with people to see where they're coming from, to think about how you what you say could affect them for the rest of their day.
1: For sure. For sure. And um, as far as my hair, also, you know, if I change it up or anything, I have to be prepared for people not recognizing me.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Which proves to me that when I'm standing in front of you and we're having conversations, even pre COVID, before the masks, this lets me know that you're not looking me in my face mm-hmm. because I have the same face.
0: It sounds like you have a personal experience or something like this Yeah, this story. Of
1: course, I do. I have experiences to back it all <laughs> up. I have the receipts. Mm, okay. I have those receipts. Yes. Okay. So I came in contact with someone a few months after first meeting them. And I did have my hair a little bit different. I don't really remember which hairstyle it was in last time I saw this person, but they said, oh, I didn't recognize you because your hair is different. I said, okay. You know, that's okay, fine. And then he decided to follow it up with, oh, and you were also sitting down last time. Huh? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. And so then I said, well, I am standing up now. That's true. And in that moment, a woman of color, she was not a black woman, but a woman of color kind of came to his rescue and said, oh, well, yeah, you're right. I didn't recognize her either. She does look very different. You know, you're yeah, you're right. She's totally different. She looks totally different now. And that was another awkward moment where, you know, just say that you don't recognize me with a mask on. Right.
0: It's like there's so much to unpack. Right. In that (laughs) one moment, that microcosm again. (laughs) the it's like he whited once and Uh then realized he whited so hard that he just started whiting even more
1: yeah as a way
0: to try to just like stop the avalanche of whiting
1: yeah and then someone came to his rescue and you know he could have left that experience and said oh well this other person didn't recognize her either so I'm valid in my thoughts of, Mm -hmm. oh, a different hairstyle, and you look totally different, can't recognize you, you know, whatever, and, but he didn't. He actually, you know, took some steps to, you know, rectify the situation, which he then came and talked to you about. Right,
0: and, you know, it's, I guess that's what took a very awkward situation, and he came to me weeks later and said, you know, from the minute I said that, I felt uncomfortable on my end. Like I I knew I had said something wrong, I just couldn't pinpoint it. And he said he reflected on it, because this was two weeks later that he came and talked to me. And he said that he went and he realized after researching the struggle that women of color have had and men of color have had with their natural hair and the stigmas that have been unjustly attached to that. And you know, he's he he wanted to rectify what he did so that he wouldn't cause that kind of sense of uncomfortable feeling going forward Mm -hmm. and it's just like is that not all that we could ask of people is just to have that moment where they had to swallow their pride Mm -hmm. and do a little self-reflection to not make that mistake going forward to think about others in that moment
1: yeah and i'm not going around making people feel bad about what they say to me or anything like that i was actually fairly comfortable in this situation. You know, if you tell me, oh, I didn't recognize you standing up, by the way, I am average height. So it's not like my head was in the clouds. And that's why he didn't recognize me while I was standing. But, um, you know, if you say, oh, I couldn't recognize you because you're standing. I just say, okay, you're, you're right. I am standing.
0: And like in that moment, (laughs) I thought you were being funny because I know you, and I t- have taken the time to get to know you. Yeah. And I thought that you were just being funny because I know that you're a dry, sarcastic person. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah, you're right. This time I'm standing. So. Yeah, right. and I wasn't
1: even trying to be funny. I was just being right. conversational.
0: <laughs> and, it, and it's like almost like, in that, and that's just what, it's, that's just you, yeah. you know? And in that moment in our society, it's been so indoctrinated that if a person that is white feels uncomfortable that some people have to just come to their rescue to yes. end that moment to yes. end that oh that in, yes. unjust feeling
1: and that woman did not miss a beat
0: so it's almost like we've just been trained in our society to come to his rescue like yeah. you said she just came to boom didn't yeah, miss beat.
1: exactly so And even after that interaction and talking with you about it, I know you said, because you know me and you understand my personality, you said that you thought that I was being funny. And then I thought, well, no, I wasn't being funny. I'm just talking. And then I started to wonder, well, did he? Could he have perceived it as something else? Because he did disappear after that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did. He did disappear <laughs> immediately. We did after find
1: out later was because he
0: felt so uncomfortable. Like and, and right, and it's just it's going back to where because that's how we've been trained in this society yeah. is that that's at crazy. your expense though it's yeah. now being twisted, making you think that you did something wrong. Yeah. Even
1: in my own head, like we're yeah. me like reflecting on it I thought oh well did it did I make him feel uncomfortable I didn't say anything or do anything you know but but that just kind of brings me to like how I'm perceived because Mm -hmm. of the skin I'm in you know and and I have had to try so hard and I've gone as far as you know creating a totally different personality for work one that you know, I talk a little bit higher and I say everything with a smile and, you know, I never want to get anyone's way. I don't stand up for myself. I just, you know, whatever, just go with the flow. And I've, I've done all of that and it's exhausting.
0: I can only imagine. I can't imagine. I can't. You can't. I really can't. Yeah. Like I could not imagine having to go through each day and almost like plot three steps ahead, what I have to do. I if I you know I go on rants all the time, but I don't have to worry about how I'm perceived. Yeah. And I I, I can only empathize. Yeah, with and how it goes
1: it goes beyond code switching mm-hmm. because I will say that I I I feel like I sound like this when I talk in my everyday life, pretty much. Um, but as far as just my personality overall and how I'm willing to perceive things and how I interact with people. My body language, everything is so watered down, toned down to where I'm a different version of myself.
0: To just please them, to To make sure they're not awkward.
1: Yes. To make them feel comfortable. And I, I couldn't do it anymore because I was still perceived however people wanted to perceive me. Because of the skin I'm in, no matter how high my voice was, no matter how much I smiled and you know spoke to people, um, you know entering the room and saying like, "Oh, good morning," and like, "Oh, you know, like I'm so excited to be here," like a, you know so high energy, you know the only thing I got was stress sweat.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you only got was stress sweat. And people
1: still perceive me exactly how they want it to. And now. You know i i do have a little bit of a deeper voice most of the time and i do have a dry sense of humor okay because guess what people perceive me as something that i wasn't anyway so i might as well continue to be myself and not even worry about you know creating a totally different version of myself that's so unauthentic losing myself you know every day flipping a switch and then not only you know clocking out at the end of the day but also allowing myself to clock back in to the real me you know
0: and it's like they they get to have those moments where they're like well that's just who that person is you know and we're oh, supposed you. to just be okay with that
1: oh yes i have experienced very like very many um strong personalities you know uh borderline rude straightforward
0: like a bull in a china shop
1: yeah Exactly. And I've always heard, oh, well, that's just who they are. Or, oh, yeah, but we all know, you know, she doesn't quite mean it or this person doesn't quite mean it or, you know, no big deal, whatever.
0: We're forced to give the benefit of the doubt to them. But mm-hmm. if you come across as yeah. that,
1: what? I I don't receive the benefit right. of the doubt. I am now the problem, too aggressive, um, bossy. Bye fiery. Oh <laughs> I, know, I know you love
0: that word, so I had to include it. Yeah,
1: you might as well call me a bitch, because that's how I'm going to take it. Um, just just all of these other buzzwords, though. You know, uh, someone's told me that I was, oh, I can't even remember what they said. It was fiery and totally on a, um, oh, what's it called when you're on, when you're so... Sassy? Sassy
0: sassy sassy oh my Mm (laughs) god
1: it's terrible
0: yep and it's like they can say whatever in return and get they get to think whatever they want at your expense yeah and so at the end of the day the only person that it's hurting is you yeah Yeah. so you should be the person that you are because you are a a unique individual
1: exactly exactly and i'm not i'm not compromising myself for anyone anymore because i'm professional I'm good at what I do. I show up every day and that's it. You get what you get.
0: Exactly. And um, I couldn't think of a better way to wrap this up and bring this to a close is, you know, that's exactly why I wanted to have this discussion. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those that I think can be so powerful for so many different people that are hearing this, whether, you know, whoever's hearing this, because especially women of color in the workplace, you like you said you're forced to be this watered down small version of yourself mm-hmm. but you are unique and you have such great qualities that deserve to be heard and when it comes down to it that sense of empowerment that i, I would hope that this episode brings is other people whether they're in a hospital setting or a law office or wherever yeah, here's that and y'all see that there are common uh experiences and it's you know You're not alone. Exactly. You're not alone to quote your essay. And at the end of the day, also for people that are not people of color, maybe to hear this and to hear these personal experiences and maybe just take a second to self-reflect like that person did.
1: Yeah.
0: Just a second reflection. And think about how much good this could do on these microcosms of these Mm -hmm. small events that if it was replicated across the country, how different our society could be. Exactly.
1: Oh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Oh, thank you. But I could I probably could have, but that's okay.
0: Oh, you know, I learned, I learned from the best, you know, I do learn from the best. So, you know, I just want to give you the final word on wrapping this up and any final thoughts that you want to share with any everyone, yeah. the millions of listeners, you
1: know? Yes. The millions out there. So um I've, there's a meme on the internet and um, I feel like it, it goes along a lot with what we're saying here today. And, um, this is really for anyone, anyone who is a minority in your workplace and you are feeling this way. If you're being labeled as something that you're not, this is for you. This isn't just for black women across the board, you know? So, um, to, to the women or the black women, whoever you are, who are labeled aggressive, keep being assertive, bossy, Keep on leading. Difficult. Keep speaking the truth. Too much. Keep taking up that space. Awkward. Keep asking the hard questions, which I know I do. <laughs> Please don't shrink yourselves to make others comfortable. Okay. that That's really the best thing to say, you know?
0: Mm, I could not have said it better myself. Aww. Because it's just worded so wonderfully and it's so powerful. Yeah. So powerful. And so... Speaking of meaning a lot, it means a lot that you agreed to come on here. I've been thoroughly enjoyed this.
1: Yeah. You begged me enough.
0: <laughs> you finally gave in. Aww. Finally
1: gave in. I've learned
0: I'll let it you think it's your idea. And this it works out for the best. My for me. Idea. So yeah. exactly. It was your idea. Mm-hmm. So see, this is why it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. So thank you again. And for everyone listening, make sure if you like this episode to hit that like and subscribe button, leave us a review, and make sure to tell us what you think. Uh if this really hit home to you, I wanna hear. I wanna hear about it. And I uh, yeah go ahead.
1: Yeah, I'm not Yeah, you're not alone. Let's hear from you. We
0: definitely want to hear from you. So thank you and have a great week.